welcome to Time Limit. Thanks so much for listening. If you're looking at the management career path or maybe are a new manager, you're really going to like this episode. I asked my friend Tara Simon, who's a delivery director at Globant, a digitally native company in Raleigh, to join me on Time Limit today. Tara oversees a team of PMs. She manages her own projects and then contributes to the organization as a director. Her plate is totally full and she's really good at what she does, which means she's got lots of opinions to share on leveling up from managing projects to managing project managers. Check it out. Hey, Tara, thanks so much for joining me on Time Limit. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for joining me bright and early today. I really appreciate it. For everybody who's listening, it's 9 a.m. So, so Tara, when we first met, I think you were a digital PM in an agency, and now you're a delivery director for Globant. And that means that you're not only managing projects now, you're also managing people and probably a whole lot of other things, right? Yep. It's sometimes just a little bit of chaos every single day. But you know what? That's what makes life exciting, right? Every day you walk into the office, it's something completely different. So true. Uh, I like that part of the job, and that's definitely part of the project management job. So let's kick it off with a little bit of a challenging question because I want to keep you on your toes bright and early. So I kind of have this theory that not all project managers really want to actually be managers, um, but they kind of feel like they have to at some point. Um, And I'm thinking that you probably did want to be a manager just because I know you, but I'm interested to know why, you know, like, What are the things that drive you and maybe even other people to want to take on more management responsibility? I definitely agree with the whole fact that I don't think everyone necessarily wants to go into management. Sometimes I think that for project managers, because you have the word manager in your title, you automatically think, well, that's the path of the direction that I want to go or that I'm supposed to go. For me, I have just, I've always loved being able to coach and help other project managers or even just other team members grow into a a role. And that's where like, for me, I thought, okay, this makes sense. This is why like management seems like something that I would want to do. Um, I also know like for me, there was a lot more to it than just like, okay, I'm going to be this mentor for this person, or I have the ability to help shape someone else's career or let them know about like mistakes that I've made in the same position that they're in and like how like I would have done things differently and kind of work them through that. But the other side of like the management piece that is difficult and sometimes the stuff that people don't talk about, but like I actually love is when you start to think about like the operational side of things, right? Like Mm. you are now the one that's like, you have to do all the hiring for the teams that are coming in and you're in charge of their salary and their growth. And then you're also, especially if you work in like a smaller company, you're also part of the group that is trying to help bring in new business for the company. And you're kind of responsible for all of these people. And it's a lot of pressure, but it's also a lot of fun at the same time. But maybe I'm just weird. (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally agree. And I think that's why I said there's probably a whole lot of other things that you're doing, because depending on where you work, that that title of manager or PMO even can be kind of a job where a lot of stuff just gets dumped on you because they need your expertise, but your team needs you. And sometimes they want you to take on higher profile clients and things like that. So I'm really interested to kind of dig in on that and talk about, you know, like in your experience as a manager, also a project manager or, you know, client services at the same time, like 
What do you see as kind of the biggest differences between being a PM and then being just a manager or not just a manager, but being a manager? So when you're a project manager, you, you're still already kind of doing a little bit, like a very small sliver of being like a people manager, right? Because you're the one that's like managing the team and making sure like everyone's kind of staying on task and that you're getting things done the way that it needs to get done. But from like a project manager perspective, like your responsibility is to the project and to the client that you're working on. And we all know project managers do not have the luxury of only working with one project and one client at any given time. (laughs) But, But you do know that like... Your day-to-day, even though you may be working on 20 different accounts or 20 different projects, your day-to-day of like the actual tasks that you're doing always kind of stays consistent, right? It's always about moving, you know, the team forward, moving the project forward, having difficult conversations, you know, keeping up with where everything is from a deliverable and from a budget perspective. And you kind of get to just hone in on being the best at that when you're a project manager. Mm-hmm. When you when you move into more of a leadership role, what you start to realize is that you lose some of that control, like the control that you're used to having, like from being a project manager, because you know, like, you know what your timeline is, you know what your project plan is. You are the one that is in like control of how that pivots and how that changes when you're in a leadership position. And by leadership, I mean, when you're like a people manager or you're running a PMO, you don't have that control. You are, you have other people that are asking you to do different things. And what you may have done, that is like your opinion of how you think it could actually help better a group or better like a team will sometimes get overwritten. And you, you start to lose a little bit of that, like where you feel like you have a true level of ownership. Yeah, I feel that so hard. Like, I remember <laughs> managing PMs and thinking, oh, I wish I could just be in the room for this conversation because I think it would go a different way. Or I wish I could like actually handhold you through some things to teach you to be a little bit better. But I think there's a point where you kind of, when you make that transition, you recognize that you're moving on to that kind of coaching position because you're good at what you do. And I say hello to your dog in the background. <laughs> Sorry, he's saying hi to the mailman. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think I think what's cool is that you learn a lot as a PM that allows you to kind of grow up into a more of a management role. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? Like, how does being a PM kind of prepare you for management? So I definitely think one of the biggest things that you learn from being a project manager when you're trying to go into like people management is how to have difficult conversations. That is probably even as a new, like an early PM starting out, like that is probably that first moment where you have that feeling of dread when you're like, Oh goodness, I have to now tell a client that like, we're not going to hit this deadline or like we completely underscoped something and they're going to be mad at me. This is not going to be easy to do but I have to do it. And like, once you have that first difficult conversation, it just makes it so easy to do like going forward. And in like people management, your difficult conversations come to a whole new level because now it's not like just having to have those hard conversations with clients, but it's also having to have those like hard conversations with the people that you are directly responsible for. Yeah. So to me, like, that's like one of the biggest things from like a project management perspective that I feel like you learn going into like what makes you like to have the ability to become like a good people manager. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you're saying is like, as a PM, you basically have to like build really good soft skills and then you use those skills as a manager in, in different ways, but it's really similar. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, no one can teach a person how to have soft skills, right, right? Right. Like you can every day, like all day long, we can teach like hard skills. Like we can teach like the traditional things that you would need to know to like be good at your job from like a, here's how you manage financials, right? Like mm-hmm. I can break that down for you. Like this is what a margin is and this is what a PL is and this is why this can't drop this way. But I can't teach you how to have empathy for someone. Like that is a soft skill that you have to learn on your own. Totally. So what are the things that you kind of wish that you'd known when you took on a management role as a people manager? Um, so even, goodness, there's so many different things. Like, I wish that there was more formal training for people that are going into leadership and going into management. Um, it's It's one of those things where like, a lot of times like people aren't really even asked if that's the direction that they want to go, especially if you're a project manager, it's just kind of like assumed that, well, you're so good at managing teams that, well, here you go. I'm going to move you into this like management role and you have no training around it. So like, I wish, like, I wish I would have had more formal training. Um, I also wish that someone would have told me like how difficult it really can be to manage people. And what I mean by that is a lot of times, especially if you are going into a management role when you've been up here, like you've been on the same team as all the other project managers, and now you're being asked to be their boss and you have to like pivot a switch in your mind, right? Like you're now no longer going to be hanging out, gossiping by the water cooler with them all the time. And you're not in the trenches with them anymore. And so you kind of feel like you lose a little bit of that, like friendship that you have built and you're now having to step into a completely different role. And that's really hard. Absolutely. I've seen that, you know, I've, I've seen people not even in project management positions, but, uh, you know, like production positions, like development, you know, someone getting basically elevated to a management level with no training, no preparation, they step into it and they realize, wow, this isn't really what I wanted all along. Like I want the camaraderie and the good vibes between my kind of coworkers. I don't want to have to manage them, you know, because just because you're the best person in the company at that thing doesn't mean that you're the best person to manage all of them either. Right. And then it's like, well, what do you do? Like, do you take a step back or like, and for some, and I know like I have felt it before too, like, especially when I first went into people management, like I was like, am I a quitter? Like, am I giving up if I like take a step back and not want to do this? Right. And like, and that's a really hard thing to kind of look at for yourself as well. It's like, you've got to do what's best for you and for your career. And if you're not happy in a position that you were placed into, then you have to speak up about it. But at the same time, if it is something that you want to do and you're not speaking up about that either, then you're not doing yourself any good either, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. It can be a little bit of a trap because you end up making a little bit more money. You feel like you're a little bit further along in your career and then you step into it and maybe it's not what you want. I think you're right. Like you, you have to do what's going to make you happy. I think that's kind of the, the best advice that I've received in my career is like follow happiness. Exactly. Uh, 
So you mentioned um, you wish that you had some kind of training um, before going into that role. I'm wondering if um, if you've done any training since, if there's any like books that you've read or coaching that you've done, like resources that you found to help other people level up. Like, do you have any kind of tips there or recommendations? Yeah. Um, so one the, like the biggest thing that I kind of found, like, especially after I started into people management at an, at an earlier stage, there wasn't like, there wasn't a lot out there. Like, sure. There's some of those, like how to be a leader for dummy books. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> a lot of those are kind of more focused in on like a set, like type of like people management. Right. Or like you can also read like books on like, you know, the five languages of love and trying to understand how to maneuver around different like personality types. And this is how you can be a better leader. Um, you know, there's, there's just different, like, I always think of them as more as being like self-help books. And I'm like, that's not exactly what I was looking for. (laughs) So the first thing that I kind of did was, um, I found a mentor. Like to me, if you don't have a mentor, then find one for yourself. Um, I chose a person that, um, I actually at the time, uh, picked, was lucky enough to have the president of our company kind of serve as the mentor for me. And that was probably one of the best decisions that I ever made. He had come into at the time at the um, tech agency that I was working for, he had come in after having been like a CEO um, for a, several other companies and had been in the business for 30 plus years. And he had a lot of good, like, you know, just knowledge. And I learned a lot from him, which I think has helped make me a better leader. Um, like some of the, like two of the biggest things that I still like take away from like meeting and like working with him is one is don't always be the person that is the loudest talker or that says the most during a meeting. Instead, whenever you find yourself in like these, you know, really kind of tough or tense conversations and meetings, whether it be um, with your direct team or whether it's with uh, a client, sit back and take time to observe and listen because the person that speaks not as frequently is the one that's most likely heard. And I try and take that with me, like, especially when I, like, as I've grown in my career, And the other thing is the first time I ever had to fire someone, which good gracious, that was not fun. (laughs) Um, but the, the same, he kind of gave like the same type of advice with that, which is when you go and when you're having to let someone go say as little as possible, just be direct and then stop talking. Mm -hmm. And that is like the hardest thing for me because I am the type of person that like, I hate that weird, awkward silence. Yeah. And then like, all I want to do is like hug the person. And I'm like, I can't, I have to just sit here and stare at you and like, (laughs) I can't do anything. Um, so that like find a mentor, that's definitely one like big piece of advice I can give you. Um, I've actually done leadership training since, uh, the company that I work for now, they actually just introduced leadership training, which has been spectacular. And they started from the C-suite level and had everyone from the C-suite actually go through this leadership training first. And then they started to trickle it down to the like VPs and then the directors. And now they're actually putting all of the, anyone that's involved in like delivery and operations. So they're actually about to put all of the project managers through it at the same time, which is, it's really cool. And then after it, so it's about like, um, 
like three full days of training, right? But then afterward you get every day, you get additional information and different material for like 30 days after the training. And then they regroup us um, six months later just to make sure like, do we have any other questions, things like that. So if your company offers any type of training like that, like absolutely go and do it. Yeah, I agree. So I want to kind of circle back to something that we mentioned earlier, which was kind of around managing PMs. And I mentioned that I've managed them in the past, so I kind of know what it's like. But I'd love for you to kind of share some of the challenges that someone might experience when managing PMs, because PMs are the people who seemingly have it all together, right? So they shouldn't it almost feels like they shouldn't need a manager, but they clearly do. So like, what are the, what are the things that, that have been challenges for you in that realm? So I think you run into the exact same challenges when you're managing PMs as you do as a PM managing a team, (laughs) because, um, as a project manager, like you naturally don't want to let anyone down and you, you are constantly like, you have like 10,000 plates that are all spinning at different times and you're just trying to keep them all moving. Right. And that is the biggest fault that we have as project managers, because we're going, eventually something is going to drop. Right. Mm -hmm. But you don't want your manager to be disappointed in you and let because you dropped one of those plates. And so that is one of like the biggest challenges that I have found, like from managing project managers is that you almost have to like pull the information out of them, like to get them to admit that they need help on something because you constantly as a PM want to feel like you have everything in control and you sometimes just get blindsided by the bad or the fallout that's going to happen. So from a manager perspective, like you have to be able to kind of see like beyond the like tree line for them and be like, okay, well I'm noticing this and like trying, like try and help get that information out of them. Like that's been one of the biggest challenges that I have found from like managing a project manager. Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense because you feel like, you know, something could go wrong. They know what's going on but you don't want to be blindsided, right? So what are the kind of like steps or tactics or like, do you do meetings? What are the types of things that you do to help to kind of manage your team, to contain that and to kind of get ahead of things, but also make the team, you know, on an individual level, but also on a team level, like make them feel supported by you. So some of the things that we've implemented is we do a every other week, like, team meeting where the entire group gets together. They talk through like where things are just like a high level status of their projects, like any, any like hiccups that they're running into or any advice that they need from the team. Uh, it gives me a chance to kind of go through, like, here's some new things that I've seen, or like, has anyone tried this? Has anyone thought about that? And from there, we also do, I took three of our like senior project managers and had them like, we basically created coaching circles. And Mm. so, um, they each have like three or four team members that are a part of their coaching circle. So they have the chance and they meet, it's at the frequency of which they are able to do, but they typically try and get together once a week. Sometimes it's every other week, but they have like those small coaching circles. And then the, the leads from those will bring back any information to me that they're like, Hey, like, we'll, 
we'll regroup once a month and be like, Hey, what are some of the trends that you're hearing in your coaching circles? And, you know, something will come up of like, you know, like it seems like as a whole, the team is struggling on like, what's the best way that we could really be utilizing Jira for our customers and like getting them in there. And so then we arrange like a training for the entire group around here's Jira and how can we be utilizing it better? Cause that seems to be a trend that's happening. And I also do one-on-ones with every one of my team members. And I do those every other week as well. Uh, the biggest thing that I try and do when I'm doing a one-on-one is not always make it be directly about work, like spend enough time to just like get to know your team. Because I feel like when they start to have like that level of trust with you, they, they're more open to be honest with you about where things are going in the project. Right. And what's helpful when you're in a management position, like you're talking to other directors that are within the company that are dealing with other team members that are on their team. So we as directors are always constantly talking as well. And so we're able to get a little bit more of that like insider information that your direct report might not be telling you, but you can bring that back to them. Like, hey, I've heard that, you know, it sounds like our designer that's working with you right now might be struggling a little bit. Like, have you noticed anything? Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps steer the conversation that way as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I think context is key, right? When you're managing PMs, like knowing a little bit about their projects, knowing about what they're working on, how much availability they have, what they're juggling, like at what level are you involved in their actual project work? So what's interesting is at my current company, I, I serve this like weird hybrid role, right? So I, I work as a delivery director. And what that means is I have certain key accounts, like certain key clients that I'm responsible for the overall like success of that account. So from everything that kind of trickles in through it from a you know, project side, from a revenue side, and from a client satisfaction side. So a couple of my project managers who work and report directly to me also work for me on those accounts. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. we have like this weird, like there can almost be like this weird dynamic about that. So for those accounts where they are like my accounts, I'm very heavily involved because I know I have to know where things are from a delivery perspective. But for me, that is also like to the point you made earlier, like it makes it kind of difficult for you when you see things are not going the way you would necessarily run something in a meeting and you want to jump in and interrupt, but you know, that's not your role anymore. So you're like, (laughs) Oh God, I just have to sit here. We'll talk about that later. But, um, so for those accounts, like I'm very heavily involved for those that are being run by other delivery directors. I, um, I have like a high level knowledge of what's going on, but like, I'm not sitting in on their demos and I'm not joining in on those conversations unless like I have a PM that specifically requests me to like, they're saying, look, I've got a really difficult client right now. And I'm like, I'm concerned about where this conversation could go. I just need support in the room. And so I will go and sit in for things like that. Nice. That's a good place to be. All right. You've been giving us so much. I've got uh, one final question for you. So, you know, the name of the podcast is time limit because we kind of are kind of nodding to the fact that most people are trying to do the most that they can with serious constraints. And it sounds like you're absolutely one of those people. Um, I'm positive that as a manager who's responsible for working directly with clients and on projects, but also managing people and doing sales and other things, you're pulled in a lot of different directions. So how do you manage your time, you know, between 
working projects and managing your team? Like, what are the things that you do that that help you get through days and and not work like all the time? <laughs> Take it every fifteen minutes at a time. Um, <laughs> but it, it's you know, for me, like the first thing I do is. I get up and I, I just glance at my calendar because, you know, like when you leave the office, your calendar will say one thing. And then for whatever reason, the next morning it's completely different. So I always just, first thing I do is just kind of check and see where my calendar is. Um, if I notice that like, I have like a, a two wind, like a two hour window where there's like nothing has been scheduled. I immediately block that for myself because I know that's going to allow me to have like desk time and mm-hmm. be able to do the things that I need to do. Um, I try also like for me, like shut it down. Like you're not if you are starting to like find yourself working like 10, 12 hours a day, like you're not, you're not doing yourself a due diligence and like, it's not healthy. So I like put restraints on myself of like, I know that I'm going to try and leave the office by this time every day. And if I'm not done, then I will, I'll take maybe half an hour of work home with me, but that's it. And so put restraints on yourself that way, because there's nothing like there's usually hardly anything that can't wait until the next morning. Um, we're like, we're not all like saving lives here. So like if we can take a break and actually wait and handle something in the morning. Um, but I'm also, I'm still true to myself on the project manager side. I have post-it notes all over my desk with little like to do's and check marks. And I feel so good at the end of the day when I like look at those little post-its and I can like throw one away cause I did everything on it or I can like cross things off. So that's kind of how I manage my time. Like literally it really is like every, take every 15 minutes by like however I can. Um, and also the biggest thing that I have found is if you use like Google for like your calendar, like take advantage of the fact that you can do like the quick meetings where they will book only 25 or 50 minutes and use that extra five or 10 minutes after those meetings, because it gives you like almost the sense of like calm before you have to go into the next thing. Yeah. Love that. That's a really good point. I think we're the same person. I'm doing the same thing with post-its. I, my to-do list is like all over the place, but I get it done. So exactly. that's what matters, right? It's like you can use any method that you want as long as you're getting the work done and you're feeling good about yourself. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tara. I really appreciate it. No problem. This was a lot of fun. Awesome. Pet that puppy for me. I will. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye. Okay, I love the appearance by Tara's dog, Dexter. Working from home is the best, and it's totally full of those unexpected communications, especially if you have pets. Furry friends aside, I hope you enjoyed the conversation, whether you're a PM, a manager, or none of those things. I think Tara offered some really awesome advice. All right, so this is the part where I ask you to rate the show on your favorite podcast platform, and goodbye. Thanks so much for listening. 